and welcome to another episode of the Black and White Thinking Podcast. You are joined by your hosts, Chick and G. Hello. How's it going? Good. Just good. Well, got lunch and yeah. I got new shoes, so... You did? Can't argue with that. Extra birthday celebrations. We actually got to... Well, these are like your actual birthday celebrations because half a day wasn't ideally what you'd want it to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not bothered. We spent most of the day awake. Ideally, a funeral. A funeral isn't the best way yeah. to spend the birthday, but well, we were with family all day, weren't we? It was actually quite a nice day. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I think most Irish funerals are like that. Yeah, that's true. Weird that. Well, to be fair, that was my second Irish funeral, except for when the next door neighbour died, and then I walked in and he he was just laid there. Yeah, I was a shock to the system. Thank goodness I've never had to do that. Yeah. To be fair, it's not it's not bad. Once you've seen one, you're no. like, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Because I'm the type of person, since I was a kid, I've, like, catastrophized death. So seeing someone just there, I was like, oh, okay. I'd seen my grandma before as well, but that was completely different. Not in someone's home where you have to sleep and I have no need for you're it. sat having a cup of tea. Yeah, it's odd. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into this week's topic. You didn't even ask me how I am. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Just all right. <laughs> Just all right. Because someone stresses me out when we're setting up for the podcast. Just loving life. You sat there like, oh, this is lovely. Watch a bit of football. I did my bit. You did your the bit. Set up. If this doesn't work. Get the things over, after, plug it in. We've got new mics. No, you were supposed to do the whole setup. Not this time. Uh, you're next doing it from next set. time. The well, last time I gave you a bit of a warning. This turn time I've said. We'll do the turnabout. No, we will not. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's the conversation for off camera. <laughs> Anyway, right, what's this week's topic? Black History Month. <laughs> right, Black History Month. And why did you want Black History Month in February? Because Black History Month's coming up. Come on. Yeah, but that's in America. So if you are in the UK and you're watching this, it's not Black History Month until October. However... Well, it's one of them. It's one of them, yeah. And to be fair, can't lie, most of our audience is in America... And I think it's nice to have this conversation before it gets to our Black History Month because I think then it'd just be lost in the swirl of... Really, there are two Black History Months? Yeah, technically there are. But there's also, like, there are a few celebrations. What more do you want? (laughs) So what what is the the point of Black History Month? You tell me. Why should I tell you? You should know. It's It's for people like you. I mean, if we really got into it, I probably know more history stuff than you, perhaps. Yeah, you know facts, whereas I have lived it. So when it comes you to... You haven't lived Black History Month. No, I have lived Black... You have lived as a black person. As a black woman. Brown. Black as a person. dark-skinned black woman. Yeah, but Black History Month, as I understand it, is to put black history and perhaps black issues to the forefront yeah <clears throat> but as we just discussed there's two months yeah i don't even, i don't even know why there are two right so you say brilliant but brilliant for anyone that is new to this by the way we've just got into this the whole point of black and white thinking is we pick a topic and we have to choose for or against basically one or the other so this conversation this week is are we for or against black history month and you've just pointed out there are two black history months now, I don't know why there are two Black History Months. No, I don't. I always forget there's two. Yeah. And... Although, I mean, in a, like, in a similar vein, doesn't America have like a different day for like Father's or Mother's Day or something? Yeah, I was just about to say, I think that would be why. Yeah. But... To me, it seems a little... Silly, if you like, to label something like Black History Month, because mm. to me, then it's it's like oh, like you know, say maybe a TV network or a magazine or a publication like talks about Black History and Black issues for a month, and then they've done their bit for a year. Yeah, as opposed to just being more like proactive. On those sorts of issues, anyway. 
you know, is it is it about like when you've got Pride Month, mm. or huge corporations, everything's rainbow coloured, yeah, and then not for the rest of the year, yeah, you know, like Black History Month, and also, I feel like a lot of the time you think about or hear about Black History Month, it seems that it's all been reduced to the history of the civil rights movement. Yeah, you don't hear about. Or at least I have never really heard much of like African history in Black History mm-hmm. Month as the motherland, if you like. Yeah. Or you might get a little bit of like stuff to do with the Windrush generation. Yeah, I've seen that more in the past few years. But that's probably also more UK related. Yeah. And again, you probably don't hear a lot about the Africanness of the people who came. Yeah. They're like West Indian and Caribbean. Yeah. But again, a large part of that population probably traced their roots back to Africa, specifically West Africa. Yeah. Um, so I Googled it and it says uh, in America it was chosen because of, so Woodson chose February because of Abraham Lincoln, whose birthday was February 12th. And Frederick Douglass, who was born enslaved and didn't know his actual birthday, chose to celebrate it on February 14th. And then in the UK, it was done in October because that was after the summer holidays and there wasn't a pressure of exams or anything else. So they thought, let's put it in a month where you're probably going to listen and take something and it can be a bit fun, basically. I, I don't remember doing anything in school about it. We didn't in England. And... Um... I think the only African thing we ever really did about in history was ancient Egypt. Yeah, we did ancient Egypt as well. That's weird. It just seems a little... I don't need, like, I feel like... I don't feel like... It feels weird to say silly, but it seems a bit silly just to have, like, this month where we supposedly talk about this subject. Mm. But again, I feel like it's a lot of it is focused on the civil rights movement. Yeah. And I guess in countries, in like white countries, if you like, like the UK, for example, or Northern Ireland in particular, are they really going to be inclined to talk about like like the slave trade and the and what their people did, like abolition and you know all that stuff yeah. even like the american civil war i guess relates to it yeah um probably not because even here like i think generally when teaching history they shy away from difficult issues like in my teaching in school we never learned about oliver cromwell because yeah. bit of a, a like a shady like area difficult area to talk about i think maybe the same with black history it's maybe a little easier to focus on like the likes of, and again, it feels like, in my experience, I've only ever really heard or seen things to do with Martin Luther King. Yeah. Because he was like... And Rosa Parks. Even at that, like, you, you only ever, like, the only thing I know about Rosa Parks is she sat on a bus. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember, like, I think... She wasn't even the first one to do it. She sat in the front because... They were made to sit at the back, is that right? Something like that, yeah. And that's all I know. Yeah. But presumably there's a lot more about her. Yeah. Like, I'm guessing she didn't just wake up one day and decide, I'm going to sit at the front of the bus yeah. today. And like, like I said, I she wasn't the first one to do it either. And, I, and like, I've, I've seen documentaries about uh, Martin Luther King and, you know, I've read bits about Malcolm X and I've watched the movie and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I feel like he, over time, has maybe been, again, in my, just in my experience, maybe pushed to the background. Like, when you start to read a little and look into these things, there are so many players and characters along the way yeah. who seem to have been omitted from black history. Yeah. Like, you know, Harriet Tubman, you may, like, a lot of people probably know the name, mm. but don't really know what she did. 
Yeah, like I know my it. first introduction to Harriet Tubman was watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's wild. There's an episode where somebody is singing one of the songs that they sang. And yeah, yeah. And I remember that episode. That's wild, um, yeah. And me being me then, obviously, would have gone and looked it up and different things. Yeah. Um, but again, it just it seems to have a very narrow focus. And I get that it's such a long and storied and colourful history that I suppose in educational settings they have to pick a broad subject. But, but it, I think it's I still I think it's lazy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like there's so there's such a rich yeah. history, like you know and and again, I don't ever recall being taught anything about African history other than the ancient Egyptians. Yeah. And that's just a wee strip at the top. Yeah. You know, think about go right back and right down to the south. Like some of the stuff that happened in this, like the southern regions of the continent directly in some ways affect you because without like the Zulu migration for, across the south of Africa, you mm. might not end up speaking Bemba because it's part of that language family. Yeah. Do you know, so there's like there's different things that are, can directly be traced back to today to groups of people but all we ever really hear about is the american civil rights and maybe the slave trade yeah oh no i was in england it was the slave trade and we even had to do i remember at secondary school we had to do like a thing we read about a specific slave i can't remember his name but he's supposed to be very well known but then we had to write like a little script from like let's say he's on the on the boat we write a letter back home and then I don't know why this sticks out in my mind. Oh, I know. The reason it sticks out in my mind is because the teacher, Miss Rose Jeffries, was amazing. She reminds me of Helena Bottom Carter. She was a bit weird, but one of those like eccentric but amazing teachers. You had to write a letter as a slave. It was something like home. that. Like That's weird. But you then had to get, um, I remember getting like PG tips and you had to make the you paper know. look old. Yeah, and like cut around it. So in England, yes, we learned about the slave trade. However, like I said, I grew up in England and who, being from Zambia, for anyone that's listening or watching this without any context, Zambia was colonised by the Brits. Northern Ireland was colonised by the Brits. So there's a lot that religion, which we've done a podcast on religion, choosing one or the other. Uh, the language I'm currently speaking, the fact that, yes, English is my second language, but you are expected to know English in whatever your language is and if like at school we were told off to speaking in zambia we we're told off speaking our native languages we have to speak in english mm. so there's so much that i think for me because i'm not i used to be for black history month because i thought at least there's some kind of education that's how it's sold <clears throat> i feel exactly but the more i've grown up and started working working in media working in marketing working in general being a black person that works when you're affected by black issues, when you're affected, if I can't get a campaign with a, with a brand because they're looking at me for talking about racism and they think, oh, she's going to be talking about some difficult subjects, we don't want to work with her, all of that affects, mm. like there's a point where, so when the um, pandemic was happening, I had written a blog just before George Floyd was killed and I'd written a blog just talking about how, basically I was, I'd started having a mental breakdown because... I was sick and tired of having to wear a mask. My, my home has always been my safe space. I'd leave the house and I have to be a different person when I leave because I'm being perceived, every facial expression, tone of voice, whatever else. And I remember when they start post posting the black squares and it was around then Black History Month, people are talking about all this. And I was saying, thank God I posted that blog before any of this happened because it'd make it look as if, oh, she's just saying that because it's, Black History Month in America because George Floyd's been killed because all these things are happening when that was my reality and then working when I started the agency one of my first clients is a black mum and she started a business because there was no representation for her kids the research I had to do to write blogs for her the, I'd never learned so much about with the windrush until it was through her and I was like we're supposed to have these months where we're supposed to know all this stuff and yet here's someone that's just said to me look up these specific topics and here I am, this is for work, but I'm sat after I'm working, doing extra deep dives on the wind rush and how people are still being treated. 
and I've just gone the complete opposite way and I just think that it all needs to start again because again going back to my job still get less money compared to white counterparts depending on what brand you're working with still won't get seen even though it's been a subject even when it was coming to black history Month, i remember when it was the pandemic black creators seemed to be getting a bit more of a say and seemed to be seen and like you're saying the whole thing of like pride companies are all yeah we're supporting this and then come last black history month nothing and I could show you the difference between my inbox between one year and another. And it's not to say that my quality of work's gone down. I'm not doing work. I'm not getting deals, whatever else. If anything, my output's got better. I'm doing more. And yet, but that just proves. But if you start to have these conversations with people to say, because my thing is, I say no to Black History Month because I think more needs to be done to educate people. Because everything down to religion. We had spirituality and religion before Christianity came along in Africa. I don't know anything. My grandpa was a chief. If I was to find someone that knows the history of my family, they would tell you that there were religious, spiritual, cultural links to my family and my name and everything else. Can any of my family tell you? No. Because there's just this... Well, it's the story told by the winners or the conquerors, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it just feels like an appeasement in that it's like the powers that be can say oh you've got a whole month yeah when well really too <laughs> yeah but do you know what i mean it yeah. just feels like oh you've got a whole month what more do you want and i've seen people say you've got two months but it should really be the way that any history or educational curriculum is established yeah like pick issues that are relevant to the people you're teaching yeah. And teach them about it. Yeah. Teach them about it all. And I understand, obviously, time constraints in schools and whatever else, but it shouldn't It shouldn't be that any topic is off the table or reserved for a specific month or week. Because yeah. to me, then, it just puts it at the same level as, like, international donut week or something do you know yeah, what i mean yeah like that's so it true totally to me devalues it all yeah like imagine there was like irish history month mm. like people would be like what's the point yeah because like do you know what i mean yeah. but it's just it just feels a bit odd that it's reduced to a particular month in a year and it's focused for a month and also a lot of schools, I imagine nowadays, aren't just teaching white children. Yeah. So, surely the the subjects that you're teaching and the issues you're raising should be reflective of the group that you're teaching anyway. Yeah. And again, like tell diverse stories in media, in you know, in books, in yeah. film, and TV, or yeah. radio, or whatever, and in. I suppose music is a little different than that. Well, I, I don't know, maybe depend because that's the music I like and the stations I listen to. It's mostly like black artists. Yeah, but that's because the genres you like are considered yeah. black, whereas actually you like good music. You like specific genres. You like a bit of everything, to be fair, but the genres you happen to like just predominantly have black performers. Yeah, but I, I guess my point is, like, anybody can tell a good story, mm. regardless of, you know, who they are, what, what their background is. Yeah. And it seems odd that black people, in some respects, seem to have, like, their story highlighted for a month. And then you don't necessarily hear about it again. Again, like speaking generally, mm. um, as somebody who's, who's into history and you know reads a lot about different things, like I know a little about a little, but I still don't feel like I know an awful lot about like some of the even the key players. Like I know the names, yeah, but I I don't feel like I know enough. Like I started yeah. watching a documentary about the American Civil War. And I recognize a lot of the names, 
But then as they go on to talk about them, the likes of Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass, I realise I know very little. Yeah. Um, I feel like the stories that we've heard about in history in schools for a long time are all the same. Yeah. And what value do they really bring to know about Henry VIII yeah. or the ancient Egyptians? Yeah. And again, the way in which we are taught about ancient Egypt. Yeah. I don't, I don't, in fact, I know for sure as a child, I didn't know that they were black. Yeah. Because even Cleopatra, isn't she Greek? I'm not sure. There's there's way more to like her story and Anthony. Her, there's something about her and Anthony that's like they're not. Oh, one of them isn't. I know. Or wasn't full Egyptian. Parents were brother and sister, so they yeah. could have been white. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like the way in which we're taught about ancient Egyptians is they're almost like Mediterranean. Yeah. Yeah. As white opposed wash. to African. Yeah. Um, which is odd. Yeah. But also then you can see why, because it suits the narrative of a particular group historically. Yeah. The white Western world, that there's no way Africans could have done all this. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. Because we're still trying to work out really how the pyramids were built. Exactly. Um... But I just think there's, there's so much that I think sometimes, like even going back to talking about my, my grandpa and him being a chief, there are things I see in my family where I go, in our blood is something that is just, it's difficult to explain. When you look at the role my grandpa had in, in society, the role my dad's had, the role I have, the role Eliza might have, how we think from an early age, how we act, how we do things. I think there's so much that it wasn't until I went to therapy and started kind of dissecting how I look at family, how I look at relationships, how I look at culture, religion, my upbringing, and starting to split some of those things up and looking at things like the, the reason my cousins would pick up the phone to me and talk about their mental health is because I have been the person that talks about some of those things, but there are things that run in our families as well. There have just been certain things. I feel like there's a, like you keep saying, there's a narrative that has been put out there for a reason that dehumanizes us in a way where even we've been brought up not realizing that we dehumanize ourselves and each other. And when you sit and think about who you are as people, and this is why I'd say, I'm, I'm saying that if this had been a few years ago, I'd have always been for Black History Month. But at the moment, I think, like you're saying, it needs to be a part of everyday life because how can you teach people to look at things differently if you only bring it up once a year? There's commotion. When things start to calm down and maybe some people are being more open to it, you've already moved on. So by the time you come back to it, it's exactly the same. Another one of my first clients um, is a psychotherapist, Samantha, and she was doing a lot of diversity and inclusion stuff. And again, during the pandemic, loads of people wanted her. Well, hi, we'll do whatever. Moving on, has it been the same? You look at even just the job roles that are being advertised. You look at diversity and inclusion in companies. You look at living in Northern Ireland. Yeah, the, there's a somebody who's the head of some diversity thing in this local assembly. Yeah. And she's white. And you're going to say, but it's because she's a woman. So they're going, that old tick. We've got a woman in. That's diversity. And a lot of them are, are members of what could be argued as a right-wing party. It's ridiculous. So it's also weird in a way too because it sets it up that like it's just one particular period of history that we should yeah. focus on. Yeah. That's called Black History. Really, it should be called American Civil Rights Month. Yeah. Because all, I mean, think about <laughs> what you hear about it, yeah. is Martin Luther King Jr. That's so true. And I was just thinking as you were saying that, for the rest of anyone that would be watching, listening to this, that's black, would be going, we're still living it. Yeah. When you talk about the reason that Irish, when you hear about Irish supporting other oppressed people, 
that's because they've also felt that oppression. So it's not even that it, it was just black people. It's the, like you said, it's the victor's story and how they want to tell it. But oppression is oppression. And when that is about capitalism, mostly, everything else should be. Like, we weren't taught about Irish history in school, in England. You, most people here. Well, we were. I mean, we obviously extensively taught various parts of Irish history. But I just mean in terms of, like... Well, you were. I know people that weren't. The modern world as it is, I would dare say, even here, most classrooms probably are just all white yeah. Irish children. Yeah, it's changed. So, um, and if anything, the problem here is, there are a lot, not that it's a problem, but the, what I see, and especially be, going to like a hairdresser's where you t- you're talking about kids, there are a lot of mixed-race children mm. that have grown up here. That I'm about to film something else for TV, talking about black hair, because there are children that have been traumatised and have grown up because they weren't taught what to do with their hair. They weren't taught that their hair was beautiful. I, my mum relaxed my hair and I've never had an issue with that. But I was always given the choice that I could do whatever I wanted. As long as I maintained my hair, I could do whatever I wanted. But I was always brought up that the Western standard of hair was beauty. So talking about, I didn't say anything to mum about the fact that I mentioned that I'd be getting my hair done for my brother's wedding. But I didn't say that I'm probably going to be in braids. No, I don't think mum's going to have an issue with that. No, but she won't. Every time you've had your hair done like that, she likes it. But there would be people that go, why would you do braids for a wedding? Yeah. Why would you do... So there's, there's this internalised... some weird chemical on your head. Or wearing a wig. Having a weave. Like, you, no, like, I always think about Eliza, and I always think when you're teaching someone, that will be her every day. And her every day, she will have to learn... At the end of the day, she's got an auntie and uncle that live in Northern Ireland. She lives in Huddersfield. She has a black dad, a white mum. Sides of the family that are from all around. Her life is going to have to be, you have to learn about a bit of everything. Mm. That will be her norm. So why is it weird for everyone else? Well, then I wonder by the time that she's in school, particularly high school, secondary school, maybe it'll be different. I hope so. Maybe they won't just learn about ancient Egypt as if... They weren't African. I do hope so, but let's look at the education system right now. Let's look at the government. I can't. I doubt that things are going to... Well, to be fair, she's just two. So maybe it might change by then, but I wouldn't have too much hope. So what would you put in place of Black History Month? How else would you educate people? Well, I suppose part of it is the gatekeepers who control what we... Con- or what we are fed as mm. consumers of media need to just accept that a good story is a good story, yeah. regardless of who has written it or who's telling us the story. Yeah. Um, and don't be afraid to take a risk, if you like, mm. by maybe not going for the established person that you know is going to put something out that people will consume widely yeah. and take a few risks and allow different stories to be heard. Yeah. Like I think like Stormzy set up a, like a publishing company in line with yeah. Penguin Books to specifically promote black stories. Yeah, there's actually... So like more of that. And I think in school, like I think in schools in particular, it just needs to be a more like colourful, if you like, picture of the world's history and not just the history of Germany and the Third Reich, ancient Egypt, Henry VIII, Mm. you know, all the same old stuff. Yeah. Um, It doesn't feel like it's as relevant. I think it's obviously a societal thing and that people need to think about more outside the box and engage more with stories that you know even be it an article or something that you might skim past because that's not relevant to me yeah but it all is you know everybody lives in like yeah in societies and and it's complex yeah everything's intertwined in some kind of way so you can't just expect that one story starts and finishes and doesn't affect anything else like you're saying the zulus affected the language i speak 
and I've never gone near South Africa. I was just assumed, like, I remember there was someone that left a comment on, was it one of our TikToks or mine? No, it was one of mine because I was talking about oppression and this guy from America was talking about Derry and talked a little bit about the, the history here. Stroke London Derry. Stroke London Derry. <laughs> and uh, someone said, well, if you don't like it, just leave. And I was like, you think it's that simple? I didn't choose where I was going to live originally. My parents moved countries when I was a child. And then, fair enough, I moved here. But I moved here because Dad was ill. So if I wanted to move anywhere else in the world, do you think I want to be in the UK in the winter, in the cold all the time? No, I do not. If I had the money, I would spend half of the year somewhere else sunny and the other half just no, flying back to sea. I'd miss family. I'd miss my home. So I'd be back and forth. Like, that is the life I want to live. As a nomad, I love the nomad life. I would literally be on planes all the time going back and forth. But I don't have that luxury. Most people don't have the money to be able to just survive. Never mind just pick the bags up and go and live somewhere else. Migration's a whole thing. Immigration's a whole thing. You have to have a certain amount of money in your accounts to go to certain countries. If I was to go back to Zambia now, I go, back, I go to Zambia. And certain people, people can tell I'm not going up there just by how I carry myself. Mm. So if I'm going back to my other home and certain people are assuming I'm westernised, I'm white. My own grandma, when we went for one of my cousin's weddings, was like, oh, I saw what you were wearing in church. It wasn't even in church. My cousin was getting married in a hotel. And she was like, I saw what you were wearing in the service. And it was like, oh, it's one of those westernised babies. Yeah, I guess just everybody just be uh, a bit more interested in other yeah. people. And like... But then, turn on. Just other people's stories. You know, a lot of people who aren't black might think, oh, that's nothing to do with me. Yeah. But then they'll happily read something or watch something that features all black actors or black musicians yeah. or, you know. And some people complain about all that stuff as well. But for me, that's representation. I am seeing people starting to like there are people out there that didn't grow up seeing someone like them in books on tv whatever else trevor mcdonald and all of a sudden like he was one of the only most black people will turn around and say he's one of the only black people we grew up watching on tv and all of a sudden people want to complain that oh on this advert people have gone too far the other way well i'm sorry but for someone like me it's quite nice mm. and when you've grown up constantly seeing yourself you know i can be whatever i want to be i can do whatever i want to do but i i was watching a girl's tiktok where she was saying she's got a bookstore in she's a black woman in it's somewhere outside of london somewhere down south and she listed a name of books that have been banned in america for racism so these are black owned books that talk about things like hair and they've been banned. So I think, it, is it O.T. Mabuse, the Strictly Dancer? She wrote one. It's either her or her sister. Wrote one. And apparently it's one, it's such a beautiful book. I was actually, mm. I want to buy it for Eliza. And loads of people left comments saying it's an amazing book. Banned in America. You're going, it, it's so stupid. But the list that this woman came out with, and she was like, that's why we opened the store. Mm. We want representation. We want people to, because even... There are some people, there's a guy that um, I also follow on TikTok who is wanting to write a book. We're talking about writing a book because of Eliza, but there are things that I think about sometimes and just go, there are books out there. Like my cousin got me, um, why I'm not talking to white people about racism. What's that, what's that book called? Yeah, that's it. Is Any, that? Anymore. Anymore, yeah. So my cousin got me that, but I remember again getting to a point where like, if you're asking black people all the time to explain things, it's tiring. And if you're asking us to talk about things that can be quite depressing, mentally it's also quite difficult to deal with. You might walk away and think nothing more of it, but you just reminded someone a lot of crap that they've had to maybe deal with, mm. families have had to deal with, whatever else, when you can pick up your phone and Google it. You can oh. go on your laptop and Google it. Like, I think there are people that are also lazy. If you find someone that wants to educate you, there are so many platforms out there where people have dedicated their platforms. There's a woman on TikTok, Maureen. I'm giving Maureen a shout out. I'm going to tag her because I literally left her a comment saying, and actually with this same TikTok I was talking about where someone said, just move. Um, I'd said, I love the fact that people like Maureen 
openly talk about racism in Northern Ireland and what she's experienced with her sons and she's got a white husband. But I said, I applaud her because I know I couldn't do that. My platforms have not been about some of the difficult conversations for a long time because it was draining. But then I got to a point where I was like, actually, I want to be able to educate people, but in a way that I'm comfortable just by sharing, this is what happened to me today. This is what I'm currently thinking about. I was talking to a friend the other day saying how I've set up some of our bits on social media. I've had to be tactical because I know that if it's just my face, it's not going to be perceived the same. Mm. If it's me and you, it's perceived completely different. Like, but all of that is absolutely crazy when actually, if everyone was just looked at as human beings, people listen to people's stories like you're saying, and people try to educate themselves in general, that probably wouldn't even be an issue. But also tell the wider history. Yeah, the wider, yeah. It just feels a very narrow focus for a very short period of time. Yeah. Um, but not just history, present, the present as well. Like, what was it? There was that report that was done saying England's not racist, and it was done by someone that's got links to the, the government. It was a whole report that was done. Yeah. Oh, the UK, sorry. Like, all that stuff, you can't expect to do that when you're hearing people's stories every day and then you put something out like that and you go, the whole country's going, are you being serious? It seems odd. It seems designed to appease and placate certain groups of people. Mm. And it seems like a very narrow focus. And as you say, the issues are on the table for four weeks eight weeks in a year total and then just back to normal yeah like a wee holiday from work and then yeah back to normal everyday activities um so i would say just get rid of it yeah and just be better at telling a wider range of stories yeah and stop penalizing people that do tell a wider range of stories the brands that don't want to work with you or companies that don't want to hire people. Dad's one of dad's main things for me was be careful what you put online because it's going to make you harder to hire. People aren't going to want to hire you. Is it? Uh, but I th- and that's maybe why I shied away for so long because I was like, well, what if things in the agency don't work out and I need to go back to work? Are people going to, gonna, uh, are people going to want to hire me? And then after a while, I was like, do you know what? Stuff it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're both, both of us against Black History Spanish. Month. Look at us agreeing. Nice. Great. All right. Let's do a quick. Am I the horse? Uh, am I the horse? Am I the a hole? Go on then. Right. Hopefully, it's a short one. Look, all of them aren't the shortest things, but it's not too bad. Right. Am I the a hole for telling a dinner party the truth when my wife was blaming me for not getting enough sleep? We have a baby at home. We are finally starting to go out again after six months of nesting. The baby is sleeping well and takes a bottle from the nanny. Besides our nanny, I am an active participant in taking care of my child. I bathe him and dress him. I feed him. I get up in the night when I hear him cry to check on him and comfort him. Excuse me. My wife, Sarah, does most of the work while I am out of the house at my job. Well, her and the nanny. Sarah is having a lot of trouble sleeping through the night. She's very anxious about the noise or lack of noise. A close friend lost a child to SUDI, which is that sudden death syndrome, basically yeah. like sleeping. And she is terrified of that happening. She has started to come out with me now on dates, first with family, now with friends. My wife is the most beautiful woman I have ever seen, and she knows it. But since the baby has been running, uh, but since the baby. Since the baby, she has been running down. No comma there. She doesn't get enough sleep. She has bags under her eyes. She just looks beat. And she has postpartum cravings for milk. That's weird. I didn't even know that was a thing. Postpartum. Are you being serious? Postpartum cravings. Ugh. Right. When we go out alone, it's fine. We have a nice time out and then come back refreshed. When we see family or friends, she's self-conscious about how she looks. I think she's still gorgeous, but she doesn't. Sarah has taken to blaming me for her not getting enough sleep, which I didn't really care about. I have broad shoulders. I can take it. But it has gotten out of hand. Our friends are giving me side eye when we go out like I'm not doing anything with our baby. This just isn't so. I get up more than she does in the night. 
I come home and cook or order dinner so she can relax. I do as much as I can to help her rest. The problem is she wakes herself up with her farts and doesn't realise it. She thinks she heard the baby cry or stop breathing or something. It has come to a head at my sorry, it came to a head at my birthday party where some of her friends cornered me and said I was being a jerk by not doing more to help her rest. I told them everything I was doing and they asked why she wasn't sleeping enough if that were so. So I told them the truth. She is gassy from drinking milk and that she wakes herself up with flatulence. She is mortified that I said anything. In my defence, I am very tired and also tired of people thinking I'm a crap husband. There's a swear word there. And father. She is quite upset with me and I'm in a doghouse. Am I the a-hole for spilling the tea about the milk? Could he not just have had this conversation with his wife instead of going online and posting about it? Well, obviously also they're arguing. That. I know, but they're arguing, so I think he, um, she probably knows. Or Let's just assume she knows. Literally talk to anybody else. I think he's an a-hole, as you said, for doing this. But this isn't the, the point. People will put loads of stuff on yeah. here. So is he the a-hole for dobbing her in and saying, saying it's her? Farts, wakes herself up by farting because she's drank milk. Yeah, and mm. that's why she's not sleeping. But that's probably not why she's not sleeping. It's probably a multitude of things. I think he is a bit because he's essentially reduced it to her drinking milk and farting. Is her issue, main issue. Yeah, that's and her it issue. It sounds like that's probably the least of her issues. And how often, realistically, is somebody going to wake himself up by doing a fart? Yeah. And if she's lactose intolerant, then he could just get her like a non-dairy alternative because they're still fortified with calcium. I imagine it's she's her body's maybe like low on calcium and is like telling her to get some calcium. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's why she's wanting to drink milk. But she might not even want to. She might not want to swap to an alternative. Well, we're making assumptions here. Yeah, well, of course we are, because that's part of it, isn't it? But it seems like he's reduced her issues to the fact that she farts in her sleep because she's <laughs> drinking milk. But I think his point is he doesn't like that he was dubbed up, thrown under the bus well, for he, he something does. that... He but, said he's got broad shoulders and then has gardened for... Because he was cornered and, and people have literally said to him, you're not doing a good job. How would you feel... Knowing that you've tried to be the best partner that you can, you've hired a nanny, you've you come home and you cook, you do things to help out as much as you can, you've decided that you are a partner to your wife, and then you find out that she's been telling people, basically, he doesn't help me out, and I'm not sleeping because of him. But if I knew that wasn't true, then I wouldn't be too worried about it. But then if people go to you and say, so if my family came to you and said, gee, we need to talk to you, you're not looking after our sister, daughter, cousin, whatever, properly. How would, how would that make you feel? I would say, what's it got to do with you? And just walk off. No, that's fair enough. I think me and you would be different. Yeah, but he's putting it, he's trying to play it as one thing and that he's not really bothered mm. and he's got broad shoulders. And clearly he doesn't because someone said something to him on a night out and he's taken it to heart so much that he's written but a novel on there about it. See, I think he's not the a-hole. Oh, yeah, so I think got a nanny. And he got a nanny. I do, I do think he... Like, he did say he's tired. He's so also I, taking credit for things he's supposed to do. Yeah, that too. But I think he's just trying to explain that the things he's supposed to do... He does, but she's making it out as if he's just been a typical man that doesn't help and has just left her to everything. So, yes, you don't need a pat on the back for just being a husband and a and father. And have got a nanny. And they've got a nanny. Well, so even with her, if she has a nanny, why is she not napping during the day when the nanny's there? I think there's a way that... I think both of them are acting like children. Maybe because they're tired. I get it. But it seems like they have a partnership where both of them do whatever needs to be done for the child. However, them getting cranky is starting arguments between them that they don't need to be having. Because why is she... 
I, for me, my issue is why is she bad mouthing him to friends and family? If she's got an issue, a lot of women do, isn't talk it? to him. You say, I think you're generalizing, generalizing too much. Yeah. But she's saying stuff that isn't actually true. That we mean could well be true. We're assuming that he's telling the truth and they, they do have a partnership. Both of them do some work. I'm assuming that he's not telling the truth. <laughs> but you can't assume he's not telling the truth because we have to go by, by this as well. So if he's telling the truth, then I think that he's been a crybaby yeah. and needs to suck it up and have the com- like you said, so have the conversation with his... He is the a-hole. No, I'm, I'm saying he's not the a-hole. I think he's been a crybaby and there's a better way to deal with this. But she's also taken it far by going and having that conversation with other people when she could have had it with him and they could have had it out themselves privately if they needed counseling advice whatever else that's completely different like he's being cornered they're going out for stuff and he's being cornered so he says so he says cornered somebody probably just mentioned to him in passing but again if someone feels the need to mention it cornered it makes it sound like a group of people cornered him (laughs) backed him into a corner and pulled him off i don't think it'd be that bad but the fact that people have commented that he has not been doing anything, basically. I think to get to that point where people feel they need to be able to even say that to him, I think that's wild. Nah, I think he's an a-hole. Because he said he had broad shoulders and it doesn't really bother him. But he's clearly... So you think he should just sucked it up and spoken to her? Yeah. I just... That's fair enough. If he thinks he's doing enough, then fine. Why is he bothered about what other people say to him? Oh, we all want validation from people that why well, you don't. Nah. You're a different breed. <laughs> I don't care. Whereas I would be very upset if I thought someone. But if you knew, this guy sounds like he knows he's doing enough and isn't bothered by what other but clearly, people say. Clearly, he is bothered. Yeah, but if if you knew you were doing enough, would you be bothered by what some random person you probably don't? Too much thought about. Oh, yeah. There's someone else that's put a comment in. Apparently, she refuses to take uh, something for a lactose. Sorry, lactose-free milk because she's worried it's going to affect the baby. So I'm sorry, but I'm sticking to. I don't think he's the a-hole. I think he's been a child about it, and I agree with what you're saying. They should have had this conversation. I mean, they probably both are. Most people are. Yeah, that's true. That's wild. Are you not going to take? Are you not going to take lactose-free milk and yes. then blame your husband? So they both are. In yeah. Conclusion, In conclusion. Both <laughs> yeah. I'm done with these jokers. <laughs> That's wild. Oh. That is actually wild. Anyway, well there you go. We've come to our conclusion. Great. So, Black History Month. Get red. Yeah. Be better. Those two, both a-holes. Yep, do better. Nice. I wanted to give you a, a high five. I'm so used to doing different bits of content with you. Last time I said, welcome to the wrong podcast. This time I'm getting ready for a high five and it's not a high five. No. But uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed that discussion. Well, how does it actually, before we leave, just a quick, how did that make you feel talking about black things, black history, black in general? as a white man, when this is going on the internet? Uh, I didn't really think too much about it. I think I was honest and sincere about it, so yeah. that's all you can be, right? Yeah, I agree. Like, I-, I know a little bit about it, probably don't know enough <laughs> about all of it. But you do read up a lot as well, and like you yeah. said, you probably know way more history than I. I do, and I would openly admit that. So. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I think this is the other thing as well, because I think in relationships, in situations, people should also be able to talk about this type of stuff because at the end of the day, as we've said, it's not Black History Month. A black person is a black person every single day of their life. So there are things that affect me on a day-to-day basis. There are some things that you will have easily seen that you'll go, ah, and some things where you'll go, maybe that shouldn't bother you as much have you thought of it this way so i think there's also a way to think about it that sometimes maybe people also do need to have the the discussion 
and not be scared to have different opinions because I don't think me and you agree on absolutely everything but we respect <laughs> but we, we do agree on a lot but we also yeah. respect each other and, and we have like we sat and yes we agreed on this one but it doesn't mean that every discussion we have we just agree we do go back and forth we do disagree but there is a level a level of respect and, and that's why I enjoyed this podcast because there's a lot of stuff we will and have talked about on this that could be very touchy subjects you know the Northern Ireland Protestant versus Catholic thing I got a message about that straight away so I do think I want to make it clear to people that this podcast is light-hearted and it's fun but these are conversations that mean you do sit and discuss mm. and have because we want to stay together because we might one day have children yeah so it's not that when those things are happening we decide that one day we're going to wake up and talk about them mm. so yeah if anyone has any comments wants to talk about anything else or wants to suggest topics that we should talk about and debate feel free to leave the comments in but um other than that thanks for tuning in keep liking subscribing doing all the bits that you do and thanks for the people that do send messages because yeah doing this you're doing that outside of working hours it's not it's, it's it's a lot, isn't it? No, not really. <laughs> yeah, for you it's not a lot, but it's still a lot. To be fair, it's just a weekend. It's enough that you've got to take yourself away for however long and go back to it. So, I, like, I appreciate the people that do support us because, yeah, we're also not. This isn't our bread and butter. This isn't what pays us day to day. Fabulous. Well, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> if someone's watching that, I just did that with the black power. You just did the black power sign, but yeah, we'll uh, see you guys in a couple of weeks. And yeah, bye. Goodbye. <laughs>